if I can say one thing that I wish they had taught me that maybe they didn't even know is that it's okay to not have the answer. Okay. It's okay to not have the solution. It's okay to not know because as men, especially, uh, like I said, I don't know about other cultures, but black men, we are taught to be problem solvers, yeah. taught to have solutions, to be providers. Whenever there's a problem at home, hey, you got to solve this. And sometimes you just don't know how to. And that's a, it's almost a crippling, a crippling feeling to have mm -hmm. because that's almost like the basis of a black man's manhood, the basis yeah. to solve problems. Besides all the other colorful stuff, if you can't solve problems, you're not a man, according to our society. But sometimes you just don't have the answers, you know? Yeah. And I wish we come to a point where that's okay. Welcome back to yet another epic week of your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishibani and I'm your host doing the absolute most on your favorite podcast of all time. Now today, I have a really prominent fashionista, I'll call him, I'll call him a fashion entrepreneur because this guy is all in one. I'm talking commercials, fashion week, Fabiani, you name it. And he's definitely the guy to go to. So let me not keep him away from you any further. This is Alino Katombe. Welcome. What's up? Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. A little tired. Been a busy mm -hmm. week. But other than that, um, I'm good and I'm happy. So happy to be a part of this platform. Thank you very much. You can already imagine that you'd have a busy week because a fashion week model, a Fabiani model, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is quite overwhelming. I'm, I'm really like, you know, speaking to someone who's star studded right now. So I am really, I'm honored to have you on the show. You flatter me. <laughs> so now today we're not just going to be speaking about your fashion journey you know we're just going to dabble a little bit into that but we're also going to be speaking about a topic which i think is one of the core reasons for the second pandemic that we are facing not just in south africa but across the world and that is gender-based violence and the listeners will understand a little bit why i say this because we're going to be speaking about and really trying to unravel what african masculinity is and a bit more than that what exactly masculinity is and what it looks like in today's society and um, no pun intended we're going to try and put a face to it um, and you'll understand why I'm saying that um, which is unfortunate actually why there's a specific face to what masculinity looks like especially for African men but that's what we're here for that's why we, we're here to have those conversations that are uncomfortable but that really just liberate us even if it's just a little bit at the end of the day so to start us off and you know please do share with us a bit about who you are and what a day in the life of one of Africa's top models looks like. So yeah, as the speakers know, my name is Elino Katombe, originally from the DRC Congo, mm -hmm. but I spent most of my life here in South Africa. I wear many, many different hats. And mm -hmm. because of that, I don't, very difficult to say what my average day is like, because tomorrow can be one way and the following day can be a total other. But the average day starts with meditation and prayer as usual. Mm -hmm. I'm usually up by like 3 or 4 a.m., because I am a personal trainer and I'm usually training people before they start their day. So oh. my day is pretty early. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it usually starts with that. And then it all depends on what I'm doing that day. So I'm a model, as you guys know, but I'm, I'm also an actor, voiceover artist, the creative director, the script writer. So yeah, it can go one of several ways. Yeah. Wow. That is really, really amazing. And may I ask, because I think that's the first channel that most of us at least assume that you took, which is modeling. Why did you start modeling? I'd be lying if I say that modeling, that I chose to become a model, modeling more or less chose me. Mm-hmm. I just stumbled upon it really in my university days. I was a soccer player, competitive soccer player, trying to go pro. Mm-hmm. Like most uh, fallen heroes, I had injury problems. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so while I was trying to reinvent uh, myself from that failed sporting career, I then stumbled upon modeling. I had one Mr. and Miss UJ when I was still a student there. Nice. And then things sort of unraveled from there. It's always funny how the ones who do it the best just never really, it was not really always like a thing. Like it was not really an option or like a choice that they made on their own, but it's always really cool that they end up in that field and they just excel. So that's, that's amazing. So now that we've basically gotten an idea, a picture of your life and who you are, are we going to go straight into this gruesome topic that many of us are always running away from? Even I'm like scared at this point because um, you can step on a lot of toes. You could shatter a lot of dreams and a lot of things that a lot of foundations that people have based their lives on. You know, a lot of men walk around with this specific idea, this sort of validation that they have from what society has deemed masculinity. And if you're lucky, you fit that description and you don't go through most of like the backlash that comes with it. But at the same time, because you fit that description in certain circles and in many places, actually, you're not exempt. So what are some of the realities that are faced by black men in the modeling industry? I think the first one that maybe the most obvious one is the objectification. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's crazy how it's okay to objectify black men. Society, we just let it go. Mm-hmm. I've had many people say and do some pretty appropriate things um, towards me or to me, even yeah. online, some of the comments on pictures and stuff. It's like, you really just say that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I'm a black man and black men and black women have been sexualized for so long. It's okay. It's okay to say that, you know. Do you think some um, people like let it go? That. Oh, definitely, definitely. Because as, as much as it's been normalized to be the, the perpetrator, it's also been normalized to be the victim. Yeah. So not only do we let it go, but we also get big heads by it. But we don't see how quite inappropriate it is. Mm-hmm. So you think like if you're benefiting from it, then hey, what's what's the point of, of fighting it? Yeah, definitely. But there's a fine line between between complimenting someone, between flattering someone, and then just being flat out rude. You yeah. Know? There's, there's, unfortunately, there's that fine line and some people just go over it. And yeah, people allow people to go over it because you're a man, you're supposed to. My apologies if you have a PG uh, audience. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's the whole commentary on prints now. I've recently covered this thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. And I'm just here, like, yo, are we really talking about people's genitalia like this? Like, that's yeah. not cool, but um, mm-hmm. it's okay because you're a black man and you're supposedly this sexual being. So why, why, why are you offended by it? In fact, if you're offended, 
there must be something wrong with you. I mean, it's very rare that we get to hear the other side. And a lot of people are going to be like, no, but this is not what it's about. So, you know, yes, I'm totally not trying to flip the script on anyone. But I think a, a serious like discrepancy in the way we deal with men is the fact that men, you know, many of them have not really grown up with this whole freedom to, to speak, to express themselves and to express their feelings mostly. Mm-hmm. So... When you continue to perpetuate this thing in society where, I mean, you don't even give them the opportunity to speak and to have a say on these things, you know, like you said now, being sexualized and objectified and whatever, just because it's been okay for so long doesn't mean we should be continuing it and then not giving, you know what I mean? So that's, that's really, really twisted. Yeah, I totally agree with you. There's this new trend of saying men must speak, men must open up, but at the same time, men get ridiculed when they speak and they open up. So it's just this big contradiction and men would rather be safe than sorry. So I'm just going to keep quiet and deal with my, my demons by myself until I can't tick anymore and I just explode. And then either way, you're just going to be called a man, a typical man, even after that. That's it. Sure. Now, in an interview um, that you did with an online magazine, which is something that really drew me to you um, when I was doing my research on you, you said, as a black man, when I'm walking down a runway, I'm trying to portray pure African masculinity, what we are renowned for, what we are loved for, and also feared for. And that automatically drew my attention. What did you mean by that? And why did you say that? So that way of thinking came to me back when I was in university. I realized something that I was doing without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. When I'd approach a white, especially a white woman, I would change my demeanor in how I'd speak to this person. As you can hear, I have a very strong voice. Yeah. I would heighten the pitch of my voice a bit. I would hunch down a bit. I'm a tall man. I would hunch. I would do my best to seem the least threatening possible. I would try and change my demeanor to seem the least threatening possible because subconsciously, and at this time I wasn't even thinking along these lines, but subconsciously I just knew that this person is afraid of me, Mm. who I am naturally. And so if I want to be favorable for me, I need to appear as less of a threat as society has made me seem to be. And so once that click happened, I love who I am. I don't care what society has portrayed me to be. Yes, I come across, I'm this tall man. And because of the indoctrination, I come across as aggressive. But anybody who takes the time to get to know me will know that, hey, this is actually a pretty cool guy who's yeah. got nothing but love and no no threat or no aggression towards anyone. So when I say I'm, I try and be as authentically or as purely African as possible, that's what I'm I'm talking about, you know? Back in high school, I used to, I did that style, that side part. I don't know if you <laughs> ever saw when black guys started doing that, relaxing their hair and side part. I did that, you yeah. know? At the time, I never thought of it. But now when I think back later, it's because I thought that the texture of my hair wasn't cool. I wanted, I wanted it to be like Didier Drogba, who yeah. looked more like yeah. the, the white guy's hair, you know? Mm. All the skin lightening creams and stuff. I used to steal my mom's lightning creams a bit. And you know what I mean? Tins, and yeah. I think a lot of black people went through that, went through that phase of trying to westernize ourselves in order to, to fit into this world. But now I want to be as authentically African as possible so that any kid who's flipping through a magazine or any kid who's watching me down the runway sees and appreciates the African in them because of the African in me. 
That's truly amazing, man. Like a lot of these things, we, we don't even understand how deep it is until you have to look back a couple of years later. And some people will be like, oh, that's yeah. unfortunate. And you start regretting, but it's, it's good because now we've learned, right? I was obsessed with relaxing yeah. my hair because I just wanted long, straight hair. I didn't particularly want to be lighter because I am light. So in that sense, the stereotype favored me, but I wanted longer hair. And that's why I, I wanted weaves and stuff, you know, because I understood and I saw even as a kid, what it means to be one with longer hair, how people perceive you, how your definition of beauty just goes like times a hundred because you have that long, sleek hair. But now, just like you said, man, I'm going to fight with my natural hair. I'm going to embrace my natural hair and, and just make it yes. as, as desirable to especially younger people as I possibly can. So now on that, what then is your definition of masculinity? Uh, for me, masculinity is just a, a set of traits that help you in certain situations, just like femininity is. I hate that it's attributed to males and femininity is attributed to females. Because we all have both energies in us. You mm-hmm. know? If you look at a father who deals with a young little daughter, you begin to see some of the most feminine traits in this man. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I, I was raised by, by a mother who's raised four boys. Yo, she had some of the most masculine traits ever. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's, it's not as we, we've explained it. It's not as, as we've described it. Mm-hmm. It's just a set of traits, man, that everybody has. And that everybody taps to depending on the situation. Okay, that's a very neutral definition. I think I'm in first year right now doing BA law. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm doing sociology. So it just opened my eyes so much because some of the, you know, some of the writers made me understand that gender is really what society gives to you when you're born like there's no rule per se Mm -hmm. like no written down rule that says when a girl child is born you have to behave like this or you you know what i mean like you can't predict how this person is going to be and so us forcing these conventions and you must like this you can't be like that you can't be tomboyish you can't because now you and then all of a sudden now they're trying to change your sexuality and blah 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 so it's it's really things that man like if we didn't have in this world oh my gosh it would be absolutely amazing because just like you said we have both energies within us some of us have more of a specific type of energy but it doesn't make us less of a woman or less of a man yeah totally totally. to challenge that do you think there's a difference between the conventional definition of masculinity and african masculinity well like we like we said you know it's it's all about social construct and um i've i've never lived in a in a european setting i've never lived in an asian setting so i don't know how their societies construct masculinity or Mm -hmm. or manhood and i would never be able to comment or compare with other societies i can only say what my experience has been within the african society do you think african masculinity is toxic no not at all no not at all and and i i hate that that's become such a, a norm you know you you see online a lot, oh, black men this and black men that. And for me, it's always like, of course, your experience with masculinity, both positive and negative, if you're a black person, most of the men you've encountered are black men. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you're going to be commenting on is because of black men. But if you can go to a white woman 
most of the experiences with men, positive or negative, are with white men. So mm -hmm. toxicity is toxicity, where whichever society it comes from and whichever the source, male or female, toxicity is toxicity. That's absolutely true. Now, why do you think it's important? Because now we've laid it down on the table. We understand what at least masculinity should be. Why do you think it's important to know and understand what that is as a young man specifically? Mm. Masculinity, it, it's so subjective, you know. So I think that it's important to create your own understanding of what masculinity is and ensure that you use it positively. Yeah. Because if I if I say masculinity, somebody who's grown up in a in a Tosa household will have his own way of, of defining it. Mm -hmm. And someone who's grown up in a Asian household will have his own way of understanding it. Mm -hmm. So if I turn around and I say it's important to because what exactly are we referring to here? A vague term on its own, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to tie us down to who is Alino in, in fact to turn around and say you must understand masculinity like mm -hmm. this. I don't. I'm just a mere mortal myself. You know? Yeah. But one thing I can say that however you define your manhood or however you define uh, masculinity, use those traits positively to impact your society positively on those around you, whatever it's called in your society. So whether you were told to be the man of the house or whether you were told everybody's equal, mm -hmm. use those teachings positively. Because there's, there's been people who have been raised in that typically um, gender role environment, but they've been raised in a very positive and loving environment. And then there's been some who have been raised in the everybody is equal vibe and they still have experienced negativity. So it's not to say that one way is good or one way is bad. Just use your teachings to do positive things. Now that's that's a cool way because whatever that you come from, just like he said, or wh um, whichever home that you come from, whatever it is that you are exposed to, just use that positively. And that's because a lot of people say like, yeah, but toxic men, right? Putting it in inverted commas, come from homes where you know it was a toxic environment. But then you get amazing people who took that situation and said, mm -hmm. I want the complete opposite of this so yeah that's that's, that's a really it. valid point now we often complain that you know society's bad it's negative whatever but we make up society so how do we then go about correcting this negative definition of masculinity and reshaping this entire social concept yeah i love how you put it and we make up society so if we want to see societal change we need to change you know? absolutely it doesn't help sitting in your corner complaining how are you complicit? None of us were there when this society was made or when these gender norms were made, societal norms were made. But we are the ones who maintain the system. We are the ones who perpetuate these gender roles. We are the ones who perpetuate these norms. And so it's us to change it, you know? I always love to bring up this touchy subject, Mabola, or La Dot, as we say it back home. Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of the most like controversial things for me because on one end, you know, we're saying don't objectify women, don't this, don't that. Mm -hmm. But on the other end, you're almost like being traded. I'm almost like paying your dad in order for you to come and live with me. <laughs> it's like a transaction. <laughs> and um, so for me, it's like, how are you addressing those things? You know, 
have you had those discussions with your your parents as a woman have you discussed hey why is it that this is happening why does he have to bring this x amount of money that is supposed to be equated to my value mm. just like a product have people had those conversations and i'm not saying that's what lovola is that's another discussion on its own mm-hmm. but have women themselves address gender norms that put them on a pedestal or is it only the stuff that we're uncomfortable with do we only want to change the things that are demeaning the things that are aggressive or do we want to really change the entire system break it down and build up a new one That's because only then can you have men as your accomplices when men can also see that yo okay these people are willing to destroy even the things in this society that makes them these queens and this and yeah. that they're willing to destroy those things and start afresh because as much as our society does put men on a pedestal puts us as the head of the home puts us as the provider and this and that it also does a lot for women yes a controversial statement but it, there are also segments of our our cultures that really praise and and elate women mm-hmm. and i'm not saying those are bad i'm saying are we willing to address those too and see how those things are contributing mm, that's really true cuz even at work with my colleagues we had this one conversation where we were like some women want to be like yeah i'm independent i'm feminist da, 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 da. and then they still mm-hmm. want to constantly be funded you know in inverted commas by their partners and so mm-hmm. the one colleague was like but you can't be feminine or independent and all of this and still want to be provided for by your man so that was a that was really something that got me thinking that perhaps we just want to do away with the stuff that just like you said are uncomfortable for us but the stuff that we benefit from we totally okay with yeah and that's an ugly conversation to have it's an uncomfortable conversation to have but it's a necessary one mm, we definitely there for it what were you not told about being a man as you were growing up and and you know how men should relate with females and even how men should relate with their counterparts that you ended up learning as you grew older or just teaching yourself i think one of the biggest things that i learned recently was um okay, i don't know if people are religious or i grew up in a christian home so there's a scripture first peter um chapter 3 verse 7 mm-hmm. and it, it says to paraphrase it says men love your wives with understanding mm-hmm. you know and that that hit me man because the day i came across that scripture i think i was having the biggest fight with my girlfriend yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was almost like the man upstairs the divine was telling me yo bro be understanding you know mm-hmm. because we are so different men and women are so so different and sometimes that the lack of understanding is the the root cause of the friction and my girl always tells me like you don't understand when we're fighting she just say you don't understand mm-hmm. you know and i think that the biggest thing for me that i'm trying to do now is just be understanding not only to to the women that i'm in a romantic relationship with but all the women that i i come across it's just to understand just like as a black man i expect white people to understand when i'm expressing my grievances mm-hmm. we need to understand women work to yeah. understand not not try and and respond not try and have a a, a smart snap back or copy mm-hmm. reply or even a logical reply sometimes maybe the goal should just be to understand from a place of understanding then we can work towards finding solutions but if we're always trying to have this back and forth and have the smartest reply and there's no solution coming from that definitely true mm-hmm. yo 
Oh my gosh, anyway, I'm just laughing because there's so many times where I was so misunderstood and I literally used to tell people, yo, you don't have to understand me, just appreciate who I am. <laughs> and then it came back to bite me in the butt because a few years later, I was basically acting the same way. I was not understanding people. And then I was like, yo, dude, calm down, take a step back and, you know, practice what you <laughs> preach because I was just not taking it. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, man, so... Sometimes you really need to experience it from both sides and then you'll truly understand how the world works. What do you wish you had been told by a father figure or like a significant male figure in your life about masculinity? Oh, actually, in your case, let me ask, Mm. do you wish you were told by a male figure? Because you said actually that you were raised by your mother. I was raised by my mother, but fortunately I have three older brothers who are over 10 years my senior. Mm-hmm. So they really played a big part in raising me. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have brothers who have always been open, and honest with me about their experiences as men. And so I've always had them as a as a, a learning or a bouncing board of ideas and, and discipline and scolding mm-hmm. and teachings. And so, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from them. But if I can say one thing that I wish they had taught me that maybe they didn't even know is that it's okay to not have the answer it's okay to not have the solution it's okay to not know because as men especially uh, like i said i don't know about other cultures but black men we are taught to be problem solvers yeah taught to have solutions to be providers whenever there's a problem at home hey you gotta solve this and sometimes you just don't know how to and that's a it's almost a crippling a crippling feeling to have Mm -hmm. because that's almost like the basis of a black man's manhood, the basis to solve problems. Besides all the other colorful stuff, if you can't solve problems, you're not a man, according to our society. But sometimes you just don't have the answers, you know? Yeah. And I wish we come to a point where that's okay. That's okay, you know? Sometimes, like, my girlfriend will come with a a problem and, okay, what are we going to do? And I'll say, I don't know. And the look on her face will be like, what? Yeah. And I know she's not doing it in a in a bad way or without but it's just that indoctrination that we all have that when you come to a man with your problem, he must be able to have a solution. Even the strongest of feminists, they want to be able to go to their man and say, Hey, one, two, one, two happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah, people say they don't want you to solve their problems and this, 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 but as a man, when you come to me with my problem, I'm, already, I'm automatically starting to think of solutions. I've just been wired that way or I've just been socialized that way. So if all of a sudden I can't come up with that solution, I start dying inside. And I wish I was told that that's, it's okay not to have the solution. Yeah. Do you think like the superhuman image is something that is sort of imposed or like ingrown, you know, in, in black men specifically or in, or in men in general? Because I think we, we really, really forget that you guys are actually human beings, to be honest. Do you think it's, it's actually a real thing? Like, we just think that, particularly black men, because just like you said, I'm speaking from my experience as well. Do you think we, we think black men are like superhuman? You are first the provider, you're first of this or that or that or that or that in relation to everybody else but yourself. Yeah, I totally, I totally think that that's the case. And, and it's so detrimental. It's so detrimental. And everybody does it subconsciously because that's just how we've been indoctrinated for so long to think that men must be the provider, men must be the this, men must be the that. And it's always in relation to everybody else. It's never about you. 
and there's good in that too. I don't want to knock that totally because that's one of the things I pride myself in as a black man is that I take responsibility for my loved ones, considerate for my loved ones. Every time I make an income, I'm not thinking of love. I'm not thinking of this. My first thought is how can I contribute at home? How can yeah. I help my girl with this? How can I do that? But it's a bad thing when the whole world's responsibilities are on your shoulders simply because you're a man. True. That's when it becomes a bad thing, you know? But if everybody in your circle is playing their part, then it's a beautiful thing. But it's just, it has to be done right. Once again, I'm really, really grateful for having you on. And it's great to have like a seriously eye-opening male perspective on the show because I feel like it's something that a lot of people are against and whatnot. And yes, we want the women to speak out more, but... I think it's time the men are given the opportunity, a comfortable opportunity and a platform to come and actually say what they want to say and actually be heard. Just like I said in the beginning of the episode, we are like, yeah, 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 the men don't speak, the men don't do this, they don't express themselves. But just like you said, man, when you're not being heard, when this is the expectation of your behavior and et cetera, well, then you're just going to close up. So what would you then tell your son, your nephew, et cetera, about how to treat a woman and how to be themselves, regardless of what society deems is proper or acceptable? In the golden principle, it doesn't have to be deep or anything. It's just mm -hmm. respect everyone. Everything needs to come from a, a point of respect in whatever interaction you have. Whether it's a woman, whether it's a male, your point of departure has to be a respectful one. Mm -hmm. you know? I'll give you an example. There was a time when my girlfriend and I were having an argument over the phone and we were going, she's going to be so mad at me for talking about <laughs> our relationship. Oh, shit, man. She sounds amazing, though. She sounds <laughs> really, really amazing. She's the love of my life. But uh, I make her mad sometimes. And she's <laughs> mad about this. But anyways, <laughs> so yeah, we're on the phone and we're, we're having this back and forth. And the, the conversation gets heated and I start raising my voice, you know. And we, we end up cutting the call and I'm in my room and I'm all mad and stuff. And then my brother comes through, my older brother, and he can see that I'm, I'm not in the greatest space. And he's like, yo, what's up? And I just start venting, like, oh, my girl's this, my girl's that. Mm -hmm. We're having this heated debate, and now I'm, I find myself raising my voice, and I'm not that type of person. I'm just, and I don't know what to do. And he's like, okay, well, let me ask you what it is that you guys were arguing about. And I tell him the topic that we're arguing about. And then he asked me, okay, so let's say you were having that same argument with me, or having that same argument with Mama. Mm -hmm. Would you raise your voice the way you did? to her and i was like yo nah i'd I, I never raise my voice and ask me okay why wouldn't you raise your voice and like a shy puppy with my tail between my legs i said well i respect you guys too much to even raise my voice to you guys even if the conversation is heated and yeah i said well here's the answer you know everything that you do even with your girl, no matter what position she's put you in in her life, whether you're the alpha male, whether you're the it guy, whether you're the provider, whether you're this, mm -hmm. everything that you do start from a place of respect, just like you would to your older brother, just like you would to your mom or your uncle. If you treat everybody with that level of respect, that's step one to being a good man. Everything else will fall fall mm -hmm. in place but that's step one so that's the advice i would give any youngster be it my nephew be it my son one day just treat people with respect thank you so much for coming on that is great advice and even for any young lady you know what i mean a lot of people grow up without 
a moral compass without any help. So if that could help you, that is, I think, all the the help that you need. I'm also religious, so I would say you need God as well, but that's a conversation for another day. But definitely, definitely, thank you so much for coming through. It really was a wholesome interview. I'm definitely going to go and listen to this myself. But yeah, man, it was really nice to hear what you guys are going through. I know it's still very like, surface level but we'll, we'll get there we'll definitely get there definitely thank you so much for having me i really enjoyed this this conversation and, and some of the answers had me rethinking things that i'd personally forgotten about mm-hmm. myself and about masculine well so thank you so much for inviting me and I, I look forward to hearing more thank you i'm glad i'm glad i could do that for you and to all the listeners thank you for listening up i hope that you definitely will interact with us definitely go on to instagram and check out alino katumbe's page he is a personal trainer as he said and his uh fitness company is called confidence i actually used that in the email that i sent to him you know as a play on words <laughs> and i said i'm very confident that he will respond positively and here he is so i'm guessing the girl worked um but yeah yeah, thank you so much once again. I'm super, super blessed to have everyone that listens to my podcast. I know that in the past few weeks, it wasn't the most consistent thing on the planet, but you know what it is? Like, just like I said, men are socialized to be these superhumans. Well, sometimes, not even sometimes, a lot of the times creatives and anyone who's doing anything great is socialized to be the superhuman as well. So sometimes you go through things and I'm trying to push the consistency. It is available at 6 p.m. on Fridays, but you know what? Just be patient with the girl. I definitely do love you. And I love coming onto this platform to just share my view, share many beautiful perspectives like we did today and just have a great conversation. So I hope that you were definitely blessed by this. Please do come back next week, same time, same place, 6 p.m. on Fridays and go check out Alino's page, Alino underscore K-A-T-O-M-B-E on Instagram. And there you'll also get all the other information about his fitness company and hopefully some of you guys will be going to him to train you stay blessed take care and remember respect each and every single person regardless of where they come from who they are or the differences that you have in personality ethnicity or whatever the case may be and continue to love everybody like you love yourself sakina has spoken